Off the ball. He's very, very dangerous player. In Scottish football, he's, he's probably... He's probably too good for Scottish football, if you know what I mean. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 8 of the Football Pod. We've had another cracking weekend of football and we're going to get stuck into it now with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Lads, come on this week. We're recording on Sunday afternoon and I started thinking about what a team needs when the chips are down. You know, when people are questioning you, when your backs are against the wall, chip on the shoulder, you need your rivals to come into town. Yes, I'm talking about Tyrone and Kerry, not Liverpool Manchester United. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I kind of got a sense where you're going with that. Like, well, listen, it's Sunday, to be fair. That's all right. We let you off the hook with that one. But you're right. You're right. We said it last week, didn't we? Like, we were, well, I was certainly... Uh, I was harsh with Tyrone last week, but I thought it was 100% justified. And judging by their performance today, but more interested in their comments afterwards, um, I think they understood that themselves as well. There was a real... Obviously, Maddie Donnelly and Parra Hamsey were speaking after the game. Mm. Is Maddie Donnelly captain this year? I know Hamsey has been captain, but did I... My Irish isn't great, lads. But uh, anyway, two of the most established players, key players in their all-earning success and, and any sort of success they've had over the last decade. And some of the comments just struck me. You could see it in the performance. Just something like, on that, Paddy. Just on yeah. that, because, and James, you might be interested in this as well. I'm not sure how many times a newspaper has been pinned on your dressing room wall, <laughs> but I actually think this could be a real change in the guard. I reckon that the football pod was blared through the speakers <laughs> in the Tyrone dressing room before the game. <laughs> and the words of Paddy Andrews were put in the ears of every Tyrone footballer before well, the game. Well, you know what? I hope it was. Bit listen, of it bleep out half of listen, it. Listen, listen, exactly. <laughs> listen to Paddy Hamsey. Going into the game, our backs were against the wall and we came out fighting. That's what yeah. a good Tyrone team is about. And Maddie Donnelly, in the last 18 months when things were going against us, we probably showed a lack of defiance. That's not what Tyrone teams are built on or about. That's not what makes Tyrone teams. We restored <laughs> pride in the Tyrone jersey today. Paddy right. Andrews, are I'm you sending, happy? I'm sending an invoice up to Fergal Logan for that. <laughs> I, I was gas. I actually, I was listening to it and I took, I take little notes and I'm watching the games and that was getting back to basics, showing defiance, pride back in the throne jersey. Yeah. Matty Donnelly. And to be fair to him, uh, look, look, Tyrone, this is not anything new that I was saying last week. Since they've won the All-Ireland, it's been a bit of a shambles. And that, that's clear. That's the facts of it all through last season. And um, we said players walking away from the panel, all this kind of stuff going around the camp. And that can be a really big distraction. But on the pitch, Tyrone just weren't playing well. And, and it was the biggest players. They're, they're key players who were so critical to success they've had over the last decade and key in winning the All-Ireland had not performed for them. And today, you've seen it. Uh, Moyer did a job on Paddy Clifford. Paddy Clifford's taken off in the third quarter. No real impact on the game. Maddie Donnelly comes back in, kicks three points. Outstanding performance. Michael McKeon and Paddy, ha- uh, Paddy Hamsey picking up David Clifford. You could just see there was an edge about Tyrone. And, and, and I mean this in a nice way. Tyrone had been playing. Tyrone had gone soft. That's the reality of it over the 18 months. They've always had exceptional players through Mickey Hart's era. This team had some outstanding players. Peter Hart, I thought, was excellent today again for the first time in a long time. 
But those guys weren't playing well and Tyrone had lost their edge. Do you know what I mean? Like, James, you've been up there, you've played Tyrone a lot of your career. We played them a lot. They were not a nice team to play against and I mean that in a good way. And you could see that all over the pitch today, that nastiness was back in Tyrone. You look at a couple of turnovers, uh, uh, you just you could see it coming, particularly down the last 20 minutes. Conkle Patrick gets a big turnover on Stephen O'Cumber and they're all in his face. They get a turnover on David Clifford and Clifford <laughs> nearly gets out of it. There's about six of them around them. Uh, Frank Burns, Hampton, and these guys, they get a free out and they're all in Clifford's face. I'm not saying I like seeing that. I don't really. I've been on the end of that myself before. But that just shows there's an edge back in Tyrone. And so that's what, sense. for me, that's what Maddie Donnelly's getting at there and what Paddy Hampstead's getting at. And that's that um, speech they did with, with TG Carr after the game, mm. getting back to basics, what makes Tyrone a brilliant team. And that was all over that performance today. And if they're annoyed with the criticism they've got, well, suck it up because for the last 18 months they haven't been good enough but today their key leader stood up and had exceptional performances there was an edge and an intensity in their play and look they probably could have won by a little bit more but I, I think the key thing as well I thought Derek Canavan had a brilliant game today I, I, we spoke about it was he your player to watch Jimmy? he was yeah to be a credit where it sees you're coming up he trumps this league <laughs> he different cork as it goes on he's getting better and better yeah. David Donahue he, he was brilliant today <laughs> And I don't like putting pressure on him. His dad is one of the greatest players of all time. But he reminded me that just he's hard. He's a, he's a Hardy, small yeah. guy. He's a slight guy. You see that catch at the end with Paul Murphy. That was just, that's a hard ball to win. And not a lot of top forwards can get on that ball and win that ball. But the leadership he's shown, he's so elusive. And he's a brilliant foil for McCurdy had his hands full with Thomas Sullivan today, as most corner forwards have. Tom is so sticky. Yeah. McCurdy couldn't get couldn't buy air. Couldn't really get into but, but that's Thrown had other guys standing up, but they also had their key established players putting in a, one of their best performances in a long, long time. Kerry, a little bit off it. We'll talk about that, but for Tyrone, that was a <sighs> bounce back and the character. And that's you were kind of questioning that. Did they have it? Because they had all the last year, we're waiting for them to bounce back. They didn't. We thought they'd come out of the blocks like a train this year. Same story again. But that performance today and the manner of the performance from the key players, I thought it was a massive, massive day for Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar and for, for those Toronto players. What, what is it with Kerry, James, that just gets the best out of that Tyrone? I don't know. It just gets the best out of them. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough one. Like Because I think the Tyrone's backs have been against the wall for a long time but yet they, they saved it for, for today almost to, to get it out of themselves but what I thought was interesting was Matty Donnelly's performance right because if you take someone of that ilk and someone so important to that dressing room out of the team for a prolonged period it really does affect the whole setup and when he went back in today kicked three from play mm-hmm. fisting everything you know celebrating he turned over yeah. Paul Murphy from a kick out at one stage like these inspirational plays and three or four of those can change the course of a whole game. I thought that he was he was almost a difference today in terms of setting that intensity, getting the right mindset out of everyone else and driving it on. And Kerry just didn't look, they didn't look. Let me put it to you. As, How as are Kerry not up for a game in Oma? How? No, the hunger. They, they the hunger can hardly be satiated now by last year's All-Ireland win. They're hardly not hungry anymore, are they? No, it's not that, but... I don't know. I just, I just think that Tyrone, 
were in a in a different level of 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 hunger today. I did notice that. I think that every second ball was won by Tyrone. Kerry threatened to pull away a couple of times when Paul Murphy got the goal. They could have yeah. kicked on and got a couple of scores. It would have been over. But Tyrone kept clawing him back. That defiance they talked about. That must have been the narrative of their week. Whatever's happening, if we're a couple of points down, stick at it, stick at it, we'll get back there. And you can tell that their mentality was unbelievable. Kerry, they had nothing really... There's no harm done, I don't think. Do you know, once they win one more game, probably Ross Common at home, they're going to be safe. Mm. They've given time to Stefano Cumber, they've given time to Darrell Roach, they've got yeah. Donald Downs and Sullivan in, they've got power in game time. If they take a step back and look at it in the bigger picture, they're probably, they're not going to be happy with the league, but they'll say, right, we'll take it and go on. But I think the Tyrone had, they would have died for it today. Whereas I don't, I, I don't think the carry were in that mindset. Okay. And we might come back to a few bits of that. Fair, we said that we flagged this with Kerry at the beginning of this National League, that this was it was going to be an inconsistent. Of all the top teams, Kerry probably didn't need, need the league as much as other teams. Yeah. Pretty settled squad. We know they've got a bit of depth. Like James is saying, they've, they've given goals to, to certain players. They've mm. got their key players back getting game time. They're not at the level that they're going to be at in the championship. Most certainly not. We accept that. And you did, you could see the sense. <laughs> Tyrone wanted a, a different edge to, to carry today. And at that level, we've seen it, we'll, we'll talk about the Dublin Derry game as well. If teams are off at even just a couple of percent, it makes such a difference at the highest level. And that, that was probably the key thing for, for, for Kerry today. But it's what we expected from them through the National League. Yes, that, that they'll turn it around, but we expected an up and down um, yeah. campaign from them. So. Okay, yeah, that's fair. We'll come back to a bit of that later on. We definitely want to talk about Derry Dublin. We're going to get stuck into that in a little while. The Division 2, you kind of relegation dogfight has opened up a little bit. We'll be chatting about that too. And uh, we're starting to get an, an idea of who's going down from Division 3, which we already kind of knew. Antrim have now been dragged into that after a massive loss to Westmead. Mm. And who may be going up from Division 3. And the Division 4 promotion race is as tight as ever. So we'll touch on some of the results in a couple of minutes. James, it's interesting. Paddy mentioned the Derek Canavan shout. Cork have obviously been a team for the last little while. I got Whoa. to watch Cork up close today in Ennis. Yeah, how they look? Blue Clare were in the second half. To be honest, at halftime in that game, Clare were point up, and I thought the game was going into the wire. And their shot selection in the second half was very poor. Cork, on the other hand, they could have had seven goals. Genuinely, Stephen Ryan made a couple of brilliant saves. Chris Oak Jones looked very impressive, uh, and uh, Hurley missed the penalty. So, like Cork, man, good shout, hands up. We. Uh, <laughs> They're not safe yet, but they do have they do have two winnable games to get the ten points. They they won't go up. If like that that Derry Dublin game could have gone either way. If Dublin had beaten Derry, yeah. it could have come down to the last day after all. And Derry, Derry, got Derry Clark. A, Clark. Yeah, Derry got caught in eleven points last year. Yeah, do you know, but it's like, to get eleven points and not go up for Derry last yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. and there was a couple of bad decisions going away as well. Terminal the Rocks coming game, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the highs, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Um, but Sean Powter, that role at 11, that's something we might look at a little closer over the next little while. Um, did he play 11 or did he drop back? He was dropping, but he was influential in everything good about Cork going forward. Yeah, Picked out a couple it. of brilliant passes, the runs from deep. Maddie Taylor is, is playing really Two well. Two lads. Yeah. Maddie Taylor and Powder are coming from deep. Coming from deep. Handful. It yeah. shows lads, and we'll get on this with other teams, pace coming from deep. Yeah. Hurts teams. Yeah. So hard to defend against. And it just causes chaos. And to be fair, all through this league campaign, 
Maddie Taylor and Powler have stood out in that. And you're right, that's, that's how they're getting goal chances. They're getting overlaps. They're really direct in their play. And to be fair to you, Jimmy, it was questionable after round one, but they're turning around. Yeah. Oh, I, I still don't know how they lapsed to meet. Looking at the, all the results since. I don't oh, know either. God's art. Meads stuff in the league so far, isn't it? Like, Do you know what? Meads' ability to get goals has obviously saved them so far they got two goals in 60 seconds against Clare they obviously got three big goals against Cork they got two goals today against Limerick when they were being beaten all over the pitch so goals is a big thing do you know who are the only county across all four divisions who haven't scored a single goal yet haven't scored a goal James has it Kildare Kildare yeah it's a only across all four divisions the only team only team who haven't scored a goal. Of course, they have dangerous. Not a great start. But like, not even making, not, not even making chances there. You could, you can nearly say Cork have scored thirteen goals. Mead and Westmead both have scored eleven goals. So you know, Cork, Cork are top goal scorers. Cork and Mead both in Division Two as well as Kildare. So they're facing similar opposition. Mm. And yeah, there's something amiss. But we might come back to that a little later when we have to give loud their dues. They did it three, again. Three Another big win. Yeah. So you are listening to episode eight of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews, James O'Donoghue and myself, Tommy Rooney. It's brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Going to run you through the results really quickly, lads. Division one, Armagh fell short last week against Kerry. Slight improvement this week. They got the job done against Donegal. Might talk about that in a little while. 13 points to 10. As we mentioned, Tyrone with a massive win. Backs against the wall. They responded against Kerry. 115 to 29 that win. Galway, 113 to 10 points winner against Monaghan. Johnny Heaney scored a goal with about seven or eight minutes to go when there was two points in that game. Galway held on and Monaghan, Tyrone on round six. Looks like it is said to be a cracker because Monaghan are on four points Tyrone are on four points and Donegal are on three points Kerry also are on four points but are we saying Kerry are in a relegation battle? No not with the fixtures the Rossies in Clare are coming home Galway way Galway way that is not an easy game at all Galway could be going for it as well like you see Shane Walsh is back today Fimmer is obviously back from his injury Killy McDade coming on today they're obviously still without Comer but Galway back motoring again and any time I've seen them in this National League I've been impressed with them even with the injuries um, yeah. take a Galway they left points behind in Castlebar the first night and last week against Donegal they could be steamrolling Division 1 so that's a big ask for Kerry but I think the Ross common game at home I watched the Rossies today I I think Kerry will be banking on picking up two points there and that should get them safe I, I should have rephrased that question because it was a stupid question Kerry are in a relegation battle here but I, I take your point that they are going to Roscommon looking for a win and we might expect a bit more from Kerry again, but I don't know, lads. I don't know if we can take Anthem for granted in this league, the way results are going. Kerry are very strong at home. Do you know home to Roscommon? And they need a kick. They'll have, they have a week off, so they'll have time to work on things. Time to get a bit of bit of work done physically, maybe just one or two nights and then yeah. focus in. And that, that would be a big, a big game for them at home to Roscommon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be safe either way because I think Tyrone and Monaghan are going to take one of each other down and Donegal just, they've got Mayo next at home for coming away. Donegal are struggling. Um, Roscommon have Donegal last. Yeah, yes. so Roscommon need to beat either Kerry or Donegal at home. Yeah. You're back to like Donegal. We're str- it's like, not easy. Like. Every, it, it is tight, but we said every week I watched um, Donegal Armagh last night as well. Like Armagh only win by three points, but but they were a dominant team. To be honest, I was surprised Donegal hung on as long as they did. 
it'll be a little bit of a late rally. And Jerry O'Byrne has two big plays down the stretch for, for Armagh to kind of pull them out again. But I just thought Armagh were a better team overall. And yeah. Donegal, they, they just, they're missing that spark up front. We've said that. They kind of, a massive win against Kerry, which has kind of kept them in the hunt on the first night. But we, we've said all through the National League that you feel they'll struggle. And, and again, last night, there was nothing there that I was thinking to, to change my mind on it, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, if we see Tyrone back up that performance once more against Monaghan next week, that's a big um, ask. It'll, Tyrone, put them on, yeah. it'll put them on six points and would leave Monaghan in a tricky position going into that final game against Mayo. And Mayo, like we're looking at momentum, we're looking at how tight the calendar in this year. It's hard for Mayo to pull up two weeks out from a Connacht Championship game. Um, so it's going to be tricky whatever way that falls. So the final result, obviously, Mayo <clears throat> um, won 16, Roscommon 2-11, and Dermot O'Connor made a last-minute save mm. just off the line from Ben O'Carroll. So lads, like that Roscommon game, it's no walkover for Kerry. No, Jesus, not. No. Oh, we'll be, it's not we'll a walkover, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll be previewing those games in more depth next week, so I'll see how confident you are next week on that. Division 2, uh, very, very important weekend in the makeup of this division. Saturday night, we'll be talking about this after the break. Derry won 11, Dublin 13 points. Today, Clare lost by 1-8 to 3-10 against Cork. Cork blew Clare, Clare away in the second half. Limerick got their first points of the league. 17 points they kicked against Mead today. Mead with 2-11. So there'll be a lot of questions asked about Mead defensively once more. Just about um, did enough to get a point, which could be very important for them. And Loud, lads, a 2-11 to 12 points win against Kildare. I don't know whether this says more about Loud or it says more about Kildare. I actually think it's time to give Loud their bit of due. Samuel Roy goes off injured after 30 minutes. A player who kicked well over 50% of their scores last year, but they haven't been as reliant on him this year. Darren McConnell stepped up with a big performance and Connor Grimes as well. So um, Loud are going deep into their panel. They picked up multiple injuries against Clare in round one. They had, I think they had three or four substitutions due to injury in round in the last round against Mead. So that's a Loud team that are going deep into their panel. Um, and they are playing really well. So I don't know whether you'd have them as the second best team as Le- in Leinster at the minute, but it's themselves in Westmead, which says a lot about Clare and Mead at the minute. Um, so that was Division 2. In Division 3, uh, Cavan are one of three teams that are unbeaten and one of two teams alongside Derry to win five from five. They're on 10 points and it looks like they're guaranteed to go up. They have Antrim away next and Fermanagh at home in the last game. Fermanagh are just behind them. So Cavan held off down today. Um, seemed to be a better team for most of that game. 214 to 110. Antrim are hammered by Westmead. 427 to eight points. John Hessen racking up a massive score and Westmead pulling the finger out after a ropey couple of weeks. Fermanagh, once again, Sean Quigley with another goal. I think it's three goals in three games now. 2-11, he started today, which is the difference. 2-11 to 8 points. And Longford looked like for a lot of that game against Offaly, they were going to get their first win of the year. Couldn't get the job done and Offaly held out by a point, 214 to 116. A couple of big results in Division 4. Leash are on 8 points. They bet Waterford 213 to 15 on Saturday night. Oshie McConflin's Wicklow had a big win again today. 15 points against Andy Moran's Leitrim. 15 points to 1-9. They kicked the last six points of the game to get over the line today in Ockram. They're in third place on seven points with Sligo just above them joining Leash on eight points with a big win against Wexford at home in Markovich Park that was 120 to 3-8. And Carlo are in that kind of mid-table place with Wexford on five points. They bet London 13 points to nine. So that is the setup, lads, 
after a very busy weekend of action. As we said, next week is an off week in the football. So we'll take our time to get stuck into some of the big games and preview some of the big ties ahead. Some great games in round six. We're going to be back right after this talking Derry Dublin. You're very welcome back to episode eight of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Last week, lads, we had a look at the likes of Tyrone and Armagh. We were questioning where the contenders were at. And this week, we said we'd have a look at Derry. They had won their first four games. They treated them convincingly, won it against Loud that uh, was a little tighter than you would have expected. And this week, they faced possibly their toughest test since their All-Ireland semi-final defeat to Galway last year. James Dunhu, they passed the test against Dublin. Can you tell me what you made of Derry and whether you've seen enough? Yeah, it's a it's a funny one because that was a statement win for Derry. Like they needed that result. They've had kind of different markers on their progression. Obviously the promotions, Ulster Championship, uh, they're going to get promoted again this year. Um, and beating Dublin and Kerry and other big teams regularly is another step on the progression ladder. And you could see the the kind of reaction after the game, everyone on the field, it was huge for them to get over the line in that game. So I think it was a monumental night for them, but it definitely wasn't their best performance. Like they, they weren't going into the dressing room going, geez, lads, we were great there. High fives. It was probably a case of there's another gear in us here. Look what we can achieve if we're right. Um, because so, it wasn't it wasn't going right, James. At half time, it wasn't. It wasn't. The Dubs, they were Dubs were seven two ahead, and Stephen O'Mara, um, former Galway and Donegal analyst, had this up at half time. The Dubs had fourteen shots from fifteen attacks, and Derry obviously had seven wides, and a lot of them from scoreable positions. So it was why why was it so bad in the first half for Derry? I, well, I have a theory on it, and it is if do you remember we did a bit of a look at Derry last year, and we looked at their attack and how they attack. They actually don't break quickly. They break kind of slowly. They hold the ball in their own half for a while, get set up up front, put their 15, 14 and 13 in their positions high and wide up in the full forward line and get their half forward line up the field and midfield up. up. And they actually build up slowly with no intensity or speed at all. And it actually kind of caught them towards the end of the year because they didn't have any, any fast transition chances. So they were doing a bit of that, which is fine. Okay, that's, that's the way they attack, which is grand. But if you're going to do that, you need to, to defend then with intensity because otherwise you're just walking around the field. And if you think back to the first half, they sat back. They didn't even sit at, at their own 45. They sat on top of their D, if yeah. not even deep. Way too deep. So yes. deep. And they were just standing, standing, watching and inviting Dublin onto them. And Dublin loved that. They will hand pass you to death. Mm. And they killed the crowd. Kilkenny's fist must have been killing him from him passing the ball around the place. <laughs> the crowd was dead. It reminded me of the Armagh Kerry game in Chile last week. It was very similar. Kerry didn't um, attack or defend with any intensity and it killed, it killed the crowd. And that's what was happening. Derry weren't getting any turnovers. They were just waiting for Dublin to have a shot. Then they were coming back and they were kicking wides themselves. But didn't so Rory Gallagher's interview after Jimmy, he used the phrase and it was absolutely spot on, stand off. Yeah, was asked, you know what, and it was, it was the first time, and I, I, I agree with you. If it was from Derry, it was just so passive, yeah. and they were in awe of Dublin. That was the reality of it. It was. It was yeah. We could see it was a big game for them, and the first half, I, I tweeted this, and it was Derry were playing Dublin at the style of play that Dublin mastered five or six years ago. 
Mm-hmm. And if you play that cat and mouse game against Dublin, they are the best team in the country at that. Without a shadow, they've been prepped to play that way for the best part of a decade. And if you sit back and allow Dublin to keep the ball and attack and try and attack the same way Dublin do, you're not going to do it as well as them. And Dublin are still the best team in the country at that. And that's a brilliant thing to have in the locker. What Derry changed at halftime was they just threw caution to the wind. <laughs> this, this Dublin team struggle massively when teams are direct against them. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. Armagh was a standout game last year in the opening night of the league. It was kick pass. Bang the ball in long. Fast transition. Intensity. Dublin, they're, they're so programmed to play this controlled game, which I say is really good against certain oppositions, but you need variety in it. Derry played into their hands in the first half. In the second half, without even kicking the ball, they just went completely direct. Connor Doherty, McKinless's introduction, and I think the absolute epitome of what changed with Derry is Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, let's, first um, half of that game, Tommy, listen to me. First half of that game, he's man marking Brian Fenton, mm. and he's afraid. There's no, he, he's going out thinking, I have to try and contain Fenton, and Fenton absolutely lords it over him. Second half, Derry say, no, we're going to lead the play in the front foot. This is not working for us. And Brendan Rodgers, the exact same. He's, he forgets about Fenton and puts the head down. He goes, I'm driving forward at every opportunity. His performance epitomized the change from Derry in the first half to the second half. We've seen it with Rodgers in last year's All-Ireland semi-final, which is Martin Comer. Defending is not his greatest strength. No. His best well, performance last year is the Ulster final. He gets man of the match off Michael Murphy, who just runs him into the ground. And in the second half, that's what he does to Dublin. Fenton didn't have an answer and Dublin didn't have an answer. It was a complete change in attitude. So it, it was a massive moment for Derry. I agree with James. That's a standout win because you got the sense they came into that game nearly wondering were they good enough to beat Dublin. And they, they've answered a question there themselves. And I'm really hoping, really hoping from Dublin's perspective, it's a big moment for them as well. Yeah. That, that style of play is brilliant. And it's a brilliant thing to have at certain times in games against certain opponents. But if there is no variety in their play, if there is no plan B with Dublin, they are going to get caught. That is not enough to win an All-Ireland. And it doesn't seem that there's been evolution from five years ago with Dublin. And the second half bore that out. Yeah, I want to get back into Dublin now in two minutes. And I want to get back into that fenton Rogers clash that you raised a brilliant point there. But it wasn't just Rodgers that changed at halftime. What else changed for Derry at halftime, James? Well, at halftime, they were almost dead and buried. So I'd have loved to be a fly on the wall for halftime when Gallagher got stuck in him because guaranteed he gave them an absolute rollicking. As you said, standoffish, but sometimes you just need to go in and hear a home truth and go out and absolutely come out a different team. And if you want someone to be like Gallagher on the field, it's McKinless. He is an absolute dog, a warrior. Like he'd be throwing himself around the place, almost diving at times, winning frees, breaking tackles, everything. He is just all action. And that's exactly what Derry were missing in the first half. He brought intensity in defence, in turnovers, and he was breaking lines in attack. And he created the goal chance and they were back in the game. But they, if without the goal, they wouldn't have got there. Yeah. But if you look at Derry, they are still, they have four or five unbelievable operators like Rogers, Chrissy McCaig is still probably one of the best man markers in the country. I'd say probably the one that you with Tom Sullivan you don't want to be marking. Um McKinless and Connor Darty. Darty is it yeah very good. 
Absolutely. And then you've McGuigan up front who played a different kind of role the last day. He wasn't getting any room, but he he actually was very clever. Got a lot of hand passes off in and around the D. Mm. Kind of just this, the hand pass before they got a free and was involved in that goal. So I, I would say McGuinness coming on changed the game. But as well, that halftime, whatever was said in the dressing room, they came out a different animal. I if you were to say... You know what Jimmy as well? I think it was a Peter Canavan way to say that in the TV covers last night. Rory Gallagher hasn't really had to have a go at Derry in the best part of two years. Yeah, he definitely did, yeah. They, they've yeah. delivered, they've over-delivered for him. Okay, last year's all in semi-final. They just ran out of puff. But in terms of the intensity they bring to games... They've been blowing teams away. They start off this year to win the McKenna Cup. They're, look, they're going to get promoted. He hasn't really had cause to have a go at them. But at that half time, what we saw in the first half from Derry was not Rory Gallagher's Derry. That's not what we've come to see from them over the last 12 no. to 18 months. So I'm nearly, in that situation, I'm, I'm certain he's gone in and blown the hinges off. Yeah, 100%. That nearly resonates even more because it hasn't happened really yeah. for, it's for a great, It's a great point. Like, you can because... see it from, from the throw-up. You could see they were bringing that intensity. And, and, and in a way, of the teams to do it against, that is something that Dublin have struggled with. Yeah. That when, when the speed of it, look, all are in semi-final last year, first half, Kerry are really direct and they're, they're in, in danger of blowing Dublin out of the water. And Derry, for whatever reason, just taught me try and control and contain in the first half and it just wasn't working. And the second half, they just threw caution to the wind, really. Yeah. And runners, from without even kicking the ball, but just being really direct yeah. with the runners. They don't, they don't kick. That's, that's the thing. Like, they don't, but, if you were, but if you were direct say, in another way, Jimmy, without, it doesn't can. necessarily mean kicking the ball. Yeah, it's can. just... If Rogers, Rogers and McInnes bring that. They yeah, bring yeah, that kind of direct running. But if you're, if you're saying about Derry, have they... They've, they've got the statement win. They're, they're hitting mm. the markers. They've won us or they're getting there. They're going to be promoted. But are they going to launch a, a, a championship challenge is, is still the question. Mm. Like, unless they kind of get that extra something up front, I think they're still where they were. Okay. And, and it was a great weekend for them and a great win and it, all positive. But if you are to really analyze them and say, have they added anything? I don't, I don't think they're there yet like, up front. I, I, I don't think they're like up front. Yeah. I, I agree. I like agree. Dublin, like the mentality they're getting though, Jimmy, like that. They'll be a bit more, they're a bit more composed, I feel. They, yeah. If they're in a situation like they were against Galway in last year's all in semi-final, I think they can manage that game a little bit better. But the bottom line, do they have the firepower still? And like Conor Glass was pretty quiet yesterday. We know how important he is for them. Ethan Dart, he's a really, really good player. McGuigan, we know he can score. But they've got so many good things and they've, no one will want to play these guys in the championship. They've a great, they'll be prone to Division One. They'll have a great go at retaining the Ulster Championship. But you're talking the very, very top. You just think are they going to be a little bit light mm. if it comes down to to a shootout? But like you said, you, you can just they're, they're ticking a lot of boxes along the way. And, and last see, night, I think it was we, a big, it was a statement win for them last night. It was. Did you see the way the Dublin fullback line were marking? We're marking Derry's full forward line. They completely shortened the field and Derry could, they, they marked him from the front, about 10 yards from the front yeah. and Derry didn't back themselves to kick the ball over the Dublin full back line. They're and not it, going to James, aren't they not? I, I yeah, don't they, see them. I don't, I don't see them doing it either. I don't, see I don't yeah. That. I just, don't. Just on, and I think that could be, that could give yeah. them so much more because they've Cassidy is is a much better player at eleven. Yeah, Ethan Doherty is is having a great year. Excellent. They brought on McWilliams and Murray got two great points for them. 
but they need a guaranteed three or four points from play to come from somewhere else. That was a big, that was a noticeable factor. Not just McInnes's impact, but uh, Shea Downey comes off the bench and wins a free that scored. Um, you mentioned Brendan Rodgers, Paddy, like 68 minute, he wins a kick out, he burns Fenton and he sets up Lachlan Murray who took a brilliant score at a key point in the game. Yeah, and Ocean, yeah, great score. And Mac Williams kicked a big point too. It is only a point apiece and obviously they're, they're big moments and it's a tight game. But Gallagher is used. I think Gallagher, it was remarked during the week, Gallagher is a panel at 27. There isn't even enough for an A versus B game in Derry with the players he's used. There's only 28 players that he's used across the league. So maybe maybe that extra player isn't there. Can they get over the line with such a limited, uh, you know, a, a, a depth, I, I suppose? If we're talking about winning, I, I, I think they'd be short in winning the all I, I, I think, like I said, no one is going to want to play them. I think they're getting the apps not far off getting the absolute maximum out of the group of players they have. They'll get better for last night as well. The yeah. likelihood is, I think it's great. We're probably going to see that game again in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, that'll Crow tell Park. you that in Crow Park. In Crow Park, yeah. and, and it's a different kettle of fish then as well. But if you're talking about are they going to win the All Ireland? I don't think they're going to win the All Ireland. That's I'll say that now. I think they need a little bit more. And maybe we can see. Maybe we'll see that. Maybe we'll see that through the Ulster Championship and through mm. the the longer championship. But look, it was a positive night for Derry. When at halftime when they're going in there, they're thinking there's serious doubts there. Can they turn it around? We said they needed to be ahead in games so they could control it. They they answered that question on Saturday night that they could draw it back and pull Dublin back in. And just the mentality of winning a game like that, like you see, you could see the supporters, you could see the reaction of their players. It was a massive win for them, but. Let's see how they develop over the next couple of months. Yeah. If they're going to win the All Ireland, I think they need a little bit more. I kind of as bad as they were as bad as they were in the first half, right? They left so many scores. Bad misses, like yeah. they're they're going to need to have a convert. They're not going to create that much. I don't think. Come the latter stages, you'll learn. I don't think they have enough creativity at that level at that at the semi final final stage. They're going to have to have a conversion rate off the charts. I talk at ninety percent, and because McKay came up. He was top of the D, missed a bad one. Heron missed two frees. Um, and Niall Lachlan missed a great goal chance. If they'd yeah. taken them... It was the Toner missed the freeze, wasn't it? It wasn't Heron. Oh, it was the Toner that kicked oh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toner, Toner kicked the two frees, yeah. Well, I'd um, let McGuigan take every free, even from the other side. Well, yeah. I'd have stole, him. He stole 20 yards on the first one. I know, and he still missed it. I'd have, him, I'd have McGuigan, I'd have him take it ever. Like if you're taking them from the far side off McGuigan, you'd want to be nailing them. But and McGuigan missed one; he kicked one up in the air. Do you know they yeah. they had chances to stay in that game? They, like that's the, the top level; they have to keep them taking like, over. McGuigan didn't score from play, but he kicked three points. Top scored is with three frees. When you said he had a smart game, what did you mean by that? I thought he was clever. He knew he had no space. He knew yeah. he had no space, and he still kept himself in the game. Like he was in the game more than Costello and more than Khan really and kind of similar situations on both sides and he kept getting up in little pockets and just dishing it off handy for runners mm. and for the goal when McKinless comes off him he just waits the second waits for him waits for him dishes it to him and they create the goal chance sometimes you need that fella who's just clever to knit it all together and it wasn't yeah. going his way he would have loved to have stood in front of the goals and had fellas hand passing the ball and take shots he yeah. would love that. That's his game. But he added something different, I thought. Well, the it was a mature performance from him. Like we've, we've played inside yeah. full, forwards line, full forward lines. And when you're visualising the game the week, it is that. Like, I'm going to win it out in front. They'll turn. I'll clip it over. Mm. 
games, not every game goes like that. No. The yeah. Games can be scrappy. And if you're not constantly thinking, constantly on the move, being smart in your play, the game can pass you by. Yeah. You might touch the ball. Whereas like McGuigan knew it was a game like that, particularly for a team like there where they're not launching balls in. They're not kicking. He's not out in front looking for 30 yard kick passes, but he still had an impact on the game. Yeah. It wasn't his best game by any means, but he was making positive contributions. I thought the positions he was taking up, he was still a handful for Dublin without shooting the lights out. And that yeah. was, for him, I think that was a good progression for, him, for himself as well in yeah. games like that because the all semi semi-final against Galway probably didn't have that impact. But it just shows he's learning from that as well. And like Gallagher's a smart coach as well. That would have been picked up on. So... Um, I thought that was a positive for there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Jimmy on that. Michael Meehan had a great answer on that at our roadshow in uh, Chemical Crooks for the All-Ireland Final. How to make sure a game doesn't pass you by. So must dig that out and put it back out. Paddy, last point on Derry before we move on to the dubs because it was an interesting performance from Dublin too. Um, James cited Garrett McInnes' introduction like an absolute demon to deal with and he was absolutely the driving force in that response in the second half. You mentioned Brendan, Brendan Rogers straight away. Derry mm. have also discovered Owen McAvoy who has been in full back and looks like yeah. he's established himself there, which may free up Rogers to play at nine. Rogers has typically played further out the field for uh, Schlock Neal and Hurling and football. Do you like him there in midfield? I think it suits him way better. I don't, I don't think he's full back is not his natural position. You, you could see that. Like, look at last year's performances, a breakout year for, for Derry and for Rogers himself. The All Ireland semi final, he struggles with Comer big time. That's the reality of it. We said, in terms of Derry could go back and play that game again, that, that's probably a switch that should have been made. The keg on Comer. Yeah, his best performance last year, second half of the Ulster final, oh, extra right. time. He, what does Rodgers have? Unbelievable athleticism, speed, endurance. He's so direct. He is a handful. You're not going to get those attributes. They're not going to be as effective if you're playing fullback. Like being sharp and marking guys, that's not really a strength. But... Like I said, Derry needed someone to play there. So McAvoy coming in has freed Rogers to go out the pitch. And, and look, the first and second half was chalk. And geez, mm. his, you could totally see it. And, and it mirrored the whole Derry team. His mentality in the first half was, I'm going to try Mark Fenton. And Fenton was absolutely skilled. That's the reality of it. That's not, because it's not Rogers' strength. Second half, he said, I'm going to play my way. Driving forward. Like I say, 75th minute, I think he, he clips the winner. That is the athleticism he has to be up and down the pitch. Let him off nearly. Mm-hmm. And if he's playing full back, you're not playing to his strengths. But if you don't have other players to play there, you're nearly trying to fit square pegs and round holes. So that's a plus for Derry. And I thought Rogers epitomized that. If you would have said to me at half time last night that Brendan Rogers are going to get man of the match, I would not have, have believed you. But I think it's a massive positive for Derry that they can let him off. And I thought he was he was a symbol of what the change in mindset from the first and second half. For sure. I'd be shocked if they if we see Rogers full back again. No. It's not his game. It's not no. his game. It's not. And he's unbelievable at bringing on transition. That's why sometimes I think when they attack so slowly, they're he's not going slow, isn't it? He just he's, but they're missing he a trick. Get the memo. He's just if, going. Yeah, they can just dish it to him, and he gets he builds up a head of steam. He could get you fifty yards in about, in a couple of seconds. You're you're there. He's so valuable to them. I think he is a, he is a top operator. We were talking about it in the games. Powder and Matty Taylor were Cork. Yeah. McCaffrey has been 
even in the small cameo. He was a big loss. Outstanding for Dublin in terms of breaking the line. Galway with Shane Walsh. These guys, guys that can get you up the pitch quickly. And, and even if you look at Dublin's first half performance, I thought Merchant was excellent in coming back. He's a guy who just brings pace to an attack. Mm-hmm. That's what Rogers brings. It's, he, it's like he either he doesn't listen to Gallagher <laughs> or he just ignores it. He's like, I'm going. And it just, we used to always say, but our team, if someone goes fast, if you receive a, a fast hand pass or a fast kick pass, you automatically go faster. If you get a sloppy hand pass and it bounces twice, Slows you're receiving off. the ball, you have to stop. It slows down the whole momentum of the entire attack, not just you. Yeah. And Rogers, he was going and it was like, Conor Doherty, McKinless, obviously. Yeah. The other Doherty players, like, we have to go with him. And it just brought way more pace and intensity to the attack. And that I, won them the game. That I won think, them the game. I think that is a feature, though, that we would have expected of Derry. That punching holes through the middle, going at pace. But when you said that they were spooked a little bit by Dublin in the first half. But they were. Like 100%. James, was it 5.14pm when the message arrived into our WhatsApp group, <laughs> Dubs are back? And you it felt like within it, five minutes that Dublin if, were blitzing them. But like from a Dublin point of view, before we get to the negatives potentially of the second half, there was a lot of very positive elements in that first half performance. Because that's the way Dublin are programmed to play. I've said this. If, and against, if any team sets up that way, Dublin are, are comfortable playing against that. It's just been ingrained for years and years and years. Keep the ball. There's no pressure from Derry. Derry were just so deep. Like a couple of scores. Lee Gannon gets a score. I think uh, Conor yeah. Callan in the first half. Derry are backing off. They're in the scoring zone. That's nearly like Dublin can't believe how they've got this space in the scoring zone. So Derry's tactics allowed, they completely played into Dublin's hands. They were trying to do what Dublin have done and Dublin have mastered that over the last three or four years. But the issue that Dublin have, four or five years ago, a lot of teams would have played that defensive style. The best teams aren't playing that way anymore. It's, it's more chaotic. It's more, you look at Kerry, obviously, winning the All-Ireland last year, Galway. It's, the games are more front foot based. Teams aren't afraid. Teams aren't sitting back as much. And having just that style of play is not going to be enough to win the biggest games. And at the first half, you could see it. And if Derry carried on with that, Dublin would have won by 10 points. You could see it. So it was really good from Dublin because it was the style of the game allowed them to play that way. But once there was chaos brought into this game in the second half, once Derry kind of abandoned that, Dublin didn't adapt. And that is an issue Dublin have faced over the last couple of years. That's the reality of it. How easy is it to add another string to your bow? Well, look, I think they're smart players. They're smart players, but it's been so ingrained to play that way. We had this conversation the last spring as well, where it was so slow, it was so ponderous in attack, and they managed to turn it around at points in the summer. But, but I think the disappointing thing for, for Dublin out of last night, and look, there's loads of positives as well in terms of getting bodies back, Brian Howard coming back, McCarthy gets another game, Merchant, like I said, was positive. They have, I don't think they're adapting enough in games. But if, if you see that, like Conor Callahan is, for me, one of the top forwards in the game. I think that's clear. We're in agreement on that. Mm. He's nearly too honest in a way. He's so selfless in his play. He spends the majority of his game back in Dublin's half tackling and winning breaks and winning turnovers, which is great. But I, if I'm Khan, if I'm Derry, I want him out there. I don't want him inside our 21. And if you see Dublin are five points up, Derry's have to come out. So now there's space in the Derry full back line. Why not, Khan, go inside for 15 minutes here? 
we're going to we're, we're going to try and kick three or four balls into you. Or if Rodgers is starting to dominate around the middle by going forward, just go to James McCarthy, swap with Brian Fenton. Brian Fenton's brilliant going forward. McCarthy's brilliant defensively. Make the, just make tweaks and adapt to the game that's happening in front of you. But Dublin just kept doing the same thing and they nearly got away with it. Kenny makes that hand pass across the goal to, to Costello. Is that not a non-negotiable which, to go to the back, to go to the man at the back post? We spoke about yeah, this recently. I, I, I was surprised of all the people Kieran is so, so smart on the ball. 99.9% time of the time he takes the right decision and that was just, you could argue it's say they just got a brilliant turnover from Niall Scully that puts them two points up and, and that's another thing, like game management down the stretch which was always one of Dublin's strengths that is deserved to them in a couple of big games and it did last night as well. But you're thinking, if you square that across, that's the game. We all said it. We're on WhatsApp. That would have put Dublin four up. And it's it seemed like an obvious pass. Costello, yeah. Costello was raging. Aim for Smart actually. Yeah. Yeah. Fitzmaurice so actually... wrote about that today. And you've spoken about this before, Paddy, um, in depth at how he craved games like that in the league. Yeah. That he wanted matches like that going down the stretch. And he lived for those moments where he could just get over the line by a point or two. And Fismara said he cited the game in Tralee in 17, which was a great battle with Paul Mannion kicking a late equaliser for the dubs. That was probably close to the peak of that Dublin team. And they were so good in tight spots back then. They won and indeed drew many games that most teams wouldn't. And they were exceptional when presented with that scenario. In fact, they enjoyed it and it got them going. On that evening in Austin Sapp Park, they brought on Keno Sullivan, Paul Flynn, Kevin McMiniman, Owen O'Gara, Paul Mannion, and Bernard Brogan as their subs. On Saturday night against Derry, Scully and Howard came in, who would probably start come championship, and Colin Baskell and Sean Lowry were the other uh, subs, underlining the change that their squad is undergoing. Yeah, that, that's, I don't think that's it new. The depth, depth is an issue for them. We've said that all along, but I still think that last play, you still have Fitzsimons before you set off, Fenton, Kilkenny, Khan. John Small, you still have unbelievably experienced players on the pitch. They did not manage that last play well. No. When they're coming out with the ball, you're thinking the clock's gone in the red or 73 minutes, 74 minutes. That should be the last play of the game. Dublin should get a shot off and that's it. To turn it over, to have a red card and then concede a score is, I think that was the most disappointing thing for Dublin last night. Wherever about the whole second half, just the game management which has been such a cornerstone of the success they've had over the past, seems to, that has dipped. There's no two ways about it. I think saying that it's easy to say, oh, well, don't, it's the subs' fault. I don't really but, get... Colly Pascal flicks one away beforehand. To score. Can I make the point, it's actually? It's a bad play. But I just think they had enough experienced players on the pitch and it was just surprising, the decision-making. Going down into the corner, they did it two or three times. That's what Derry were looking to get. It, it was just... That's a massive disappointment for Dublin from last night because realistically if they're going to win the All-Ireland you're going to be in that situation in game yeah. semi-final or an All-Ireland final where it's there's going to be a point in it and you need to manage it well and that was what they did best better than anyone else but that has fallen big time over the last couple of seasons Just so I don't misrepresent what Fismaris was saying in the next paragraph he goes on to say that the reason that they actually he actually cited an argument between the two of you last week on the pod about Dublin's depth but he said that Back then, with the A versus B games, and we've spoken about this before in the pod, the Dublin players were looking over the shoulders because arguably 
the team, the forwards and the B team were as good as the forwards on the A team and they were yeah. scrambling for the jerseys. I don't think Fitzmaurice is blaming the younger players for not having that game management. I think he's nearly saying those that are underperforming perhaps know that they're going to have their place come the summer. No, and that, he's, that, saying, uh, he's saying that, oh, blessed, oh, blessed. Like, Dublin are the best players nearly ever coming off the bench. Like, that, that, that happens once in a, once in a mean, lifetime. This is more normal. Like, this is yeah, the, this the is more normal exactly. thing. And I, I, I don't think it's fair to, like, young players and, and guys coming in are not going to be, like, young Lowry comes on last night. He is not Paul Flynn. And it's, un, it's unfair to expect players who are starting out their journey to be at that level. I'm saying you look at the turnovers there last night Barra Baskell's one which was just sloppy out the scully on the sideline Dublin's key players had the ball and they weren't managing it and that, that's the issue that's the disappointing thing so uh, they will look at those of all that the review they'll have over the next two weeks before the next game they look at those last five minutes I, I thought that I couldn't believe that that last play that they'd managed to not even get a shot off to give it away and they could see the score that's the alarming thing for Dublin last side, so uh, but you wouldn't I even say you wouldn't even say last five minutes. It was third. I remember looking at thirty seconds to go. Dublin yeah. have the ball. It was out to March. I was thinking, and, but the same thing happened against Cork, and I was thinking, yeah, Dublin win from here. Do you know, like it's just ingrained in my head. Dublin yeah. will, will somehow see this out when I'm watching them on TV, yeah. but it's not the case against Cork. Hurley ended up Hurley getting a goal. Yeah, like it just and, can't and, happen. Like it can't happen in the play last night or on Saturday night. Yeah, I think it was Davy Byrne was going down the wing. He came out and he turned and went back down the same side again. Yeah, and tried to give a pass to Fitzsimons. Like yeah. that again is a is a is a rule that he must have gone through over and over. Don't go back down the same <laughs> sideline. Get it out of there as far away from there as humanly yeah. possible. So they're and all those the lads know this as well. That's it's just. Like I say, it's not younger guys, it's the experienced guys. And that was like, they'll be so frustrated with that. They will be yeah. so, so frustrated because the guys know this. This, like you would not believe the times we spoke about this and work we did in it. And that's the thing. If you're Desi Farr and you're looking in there, you're going, we need to be more adaptable in games. We need to mix up our play. You have to do it because what they're doing was brilliant three, four, five years ago, it won't be enough to win the All-Ireland this year. And that is what Dublin are aiming for. Mm. We've no bones about it. That adaptability, but also just the control. That When they're allowed to be in control, when Derry were just sitting off them in the first half, they were like Rolls-Royce. That's not going to happen in an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland final. If you're playing Mayo, you're playing Kerry, you're playing Armand, you're playing Derry, they need to be get that control back in their game. And that, that was, for me, the most disappointing. It was raging. Final whistle went last night. I was just thinking that is a game that they, the lads know they should have won that. Yeah, it's interesting because you know we're looking around and we're talking about Derry and what do they need to bring to go that step further? What the Tyrone need? What the Armagh need? We we're saying it last week. We're looking at Kerry and sure they've discovered you know a couple of forwards maybe that into the mix, one or two maybe maybe a converse an option. We'll come into that in a minute. Kerry don't have depth everywhere like if they're missing one or two players every county it seems is in a fairly similar boat this I mean, year it's so it's so tight it is so tight like, like realistically and we said this last season and it turned out Kerry got over the line but I, I, there's five or six teams that can realistically win this all Ireland yeah. Kerry are not streaming miles ahead of anyone else we know they've got a Clifford and a Sean O'Shea Dublin having Mannion and, and uh, McCaffrey back puts them right back in the mix again 
Mayo, I watched Mayo again today, really strong. And that was with a couple of changes as well. So this championship is there for someone to take it. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's right, right there. It's so tight. And that's what, I, that's what I'm saying with, with Dublin, the frustrating thing. If you're going to win this All-Ireland, you're going to have to win some unbelievably tight games and being able to control it, keep the ball, work a score, kill a game, which is absolute key strength of Dublin during the successful years. They need to get that back and they need to get it back very, very sharp. I think I think that a team with a, with a strong full forward line will, will beat Dublin come the summer. I, I think, as you said, the way they're set up, the ball is is almost waiting to be kicked in over them sometimes. There's going to be goals there for the taking. If, if that's how they're going to set up, I think the strong full forward line will will take Dublin out. I, well, James, that's you have to adapt to. That's like you get the sense Dublin are still playing the same way five or six years ago with, with a different set of players. Savage, they had savage that, that's markers. That's, that's what I mean. It was it was easy for us, not easy, but it suited us to play. We'll play man on man at the back because we got Fitzsimons, we got Philly McMahon, we got Johnny Cooper, we got Keno Sullivan sitting in front. The reality is Dublin don't have that. You look at the full back line now. They don't. And, and the depth, that's why for Dublin fans, to see Howard back last night, McCaffrey coming back. But if there's injuries there, like Dublin could potentially have to take the field against the Kerry or, or an Armagh or a Mayo in the championship. And if they've injuries, they could have complete rookies playing there. That's the reality. That's the reality for Dublin. And to be honest, it's the reality for a lot of teams. If they get a couple of key injuries, it could have a massive impact. But if that's the case, do Dublin adopt a slightly more offensive outlook? That's the question they have to ask because they have to be able to adapt. You see, there's no one going to catch them out with it in Division 2. You know, that's kind of what I was saying last week. You need to be exposed. You need to be asked those questions constantly. But like Division 2, you're not really asked those questions. It's interesting. Well, but you know what the worry questions. is, Jimmy? They are being asked those questions in Division 2. And I mean, say, of, the the teams. Teams, of the kicking teams, mm. I think that their you, full back line is going to be seriously at, tested. You look at the trouble in semi final. You look at the trouble Clare, Cork, and Derry yesterday caused Dublin. That is, there's no doubt about it. They've got to be looking going, that's a worry if we're coming up against a Clifford, a Sean O'Shea. Yeah. Those type but, of players. That's, that's the challenge. They came the up against Clifford and Sean O'Shea last year, and it was just the kick of a ball from Sean O'Shea that edged them over the line last year and that was without Conor Callum. Is there yeah, not an that, element that Dublin need to throw the shackles off and actually attack attack in a different way? Right, the, the attack, they need a variety in their attack. There's no two ways about it. There's no two ways about it. The There was one ball kicked in last night. One. Con. Con hoofed it. It was Con kicking it. Costello won it. Costello was a great win. Costello won it. But you're like, Con, sorry, you should sorry. be on the end of that. <laughs> you, you, this could be emblematic, emblematic of Dublin at the minute. Like we've spent no, so long in the last three years not... talking about, listen, talking about Michael Murphy and Ryan O'Neill because of the limitations of their teams being forced to do too many jobs at once. I didn't actually think about the amount of time that Conor Callan spent at the field. Is that indiscipline on Con's part or do management need to just say, stay inside? No, it's, it's, it's Con being unbelievably honest. He's like Rooney with United. If his man, he's just going to work. He's so selfless working for the team. You nearly do the old David Clifford, get a yellow card in the first minute and you have to stay up. <laughs> but, that's what be, but that would be a change for Dublin. They need that. For them to say, Con, you're not going back. He's a brilliant tackler. I can't believe that hasn't, if that, that, that should be said to him straight away. It has to, because... Think to yourself, if you're playing Dublin, you want Conor Callahan as far away from goal as humanly possible. He is an absolute wrecking ball. So, 
is that something we've we seen it in the Leicester final last year against Kildare himself and Costello absolutely blow the hinges off if, and really if Dublin are going to win the All-Ireland he has to be in there you've got to get Mannion back in as well we still haven't seen him yet he's the next one to kind of come back into the team um, look it's not all bad for Dublin I, in a way I think they'll take a lot from that game I hope they'll take a lot from that game last night Um but there's definitely lessons to be learned. Yeah. It's still early in the season, but you've got to be sitting there thinking, if I'm there, variety in attack and just getting that control under pressure back because they're going to be in those situations again. And but these players have been in that situation so many times in the past and it just seems to have switched off a bit. Not just last night, but in some other key games as well over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, well, look, we spoke about, we started the pod by speaking about I'm going to mention it again. Liverpool welcoming Man United to Old Trafford 7-0 win. Tyrone bringing Kerry when they needed a result. Where are the dubs next week or the week after? They're in Navin. There you go. See how that goes. That could get ugly. Now, Maid will kick the ball in anyway so it'll get a good test off that. I... We all make mistakes, lads. And I'm putting my hands up here. I spent a lot of last week putting my hands up for a couple of errors on the podcast. I never know, knew how passionate people were about um, the railway systems in this country. Apparently, I said that the train that I drove by last week was from Galway to Castle Barn. That doesn't exist. So figured out eventually where it was from. They called you out, T. Exactly. I got the free count wrong in the Dublin Clare game. I watched it back. Uh, it was actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was at the time. So hands up and apologies to the referees from Crow Park that night. And this that week, local, when, local radio stations are not giving uh, an accurate. Jimmy, you're barred from Kerry FM, are you? <laughs> Kerry Radio. I'm getting rinsed <laughs> this weekend on Twitter. And I don't know if this is fair. And look at maybe it's fair that I'm getting the bit of slagging for it. But Niall Lachlan's goal chance this weekend, Glass puts him in one-on-one with David O'Hanlon. And Dara Canavan's goal chance one-on-one with Shane Ryan today. Mm. I just think they should be top-class corner forwards. Inter-county football, division one. As easy as it looks to you. I think they should be buried. Okay, Paddy, I know you only scored one goal in championship football, but James Donoghue, come on. Yeah, I d- no, Lachlan's one. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to keep it down and almost, he, but he's almost hoping for the best. He hasn't picked a side. What I would have done there or what you'd hope you'd do in that situation is open up your body and right leg into the far corner. Ah, you want the chemical ban from last week. Shina, Shina <laughs> I think he actually tried it. I think he did. He did do a chemical Shina ban. For. Keeper. But what I don't think, I think the Nile thing gets, is sometimes when you're in that situation, you get so excited that you do just, you just hit it. Whereas if you can just take a second and say, right, what am I actually doing here? Right, far corner or near corner. Do you know, we got a great goal today, lads. Edna Smith against Mayo. Yeah. Brilliant finish. He was quite, a, he wasn't even in. Because the dummy's inside Dermot O'Connor and does that side foot set. Perfect. Beautiful yeah. finish. That's what you're looking for. What about side foot finish? Taking a leaf out of Enda Hessian's book, I kind of felt like they both had a bit of room for a dummy because they were both true one-on-one. You don't see many of that though, do you? Really? No. You see, it happens so fast, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, we gave Lennon great credit last week for how composed he was taking his goal against Meade after that long run. A little hop dummy got him there over the line. Paddy, in your experience, is there enough um, training done for those kind of one-on-one efforts or is it down to pairs themselves to improve in those? No, we we would have done a lot of it. We would have done a lot of that. Yeah, nearly every session we'd finish with one-on-ones. Okay. 
Yeah, I, it's I, so I, important. I'd say there's not enough of it done. Definitely not. in the tightest game. But like to be fair, if you look at the game in the Hyde Park today, like like Rossies were hanging it. Like Mayo should have been out of sight, but they get brilliant goals. Connor Cox, Enda Smith, yeah. and was it the young what's it, uh, what's the young flip? Tommy Ben, ben O'Carroll. Ben O'Carroll. Yeah. He, he goes for the side for Dermot Connor blocks it, but if you can finish goal chances, lads, we said how tight this chapter was going to be. Yeah. It is the difference. It was the difference for Derry getting over Dublin last night. I think Desi Farrell said as in his post match interview, whoever got a goal was going to such the game. They're so tight. It's such a swing. And if you have a guy that is just ice cool under pressure there, like like the Rossies nearly pulled out the miracle today, just by being composed in front of goal. So teams, it is worth. It's white and gold. But, but if you can get if you can get a goal, right? If you can get a goal and your conversion rate is sixty percent, to get to kick the three points, you need to have five shots on the goal. Like, do you know for yeah, points? You need the calculator out there, dude. <laughs> but but I mean, it takes so long. It could take so long to get three to kick three points from play. Yeah. To turn down goal chances is is a sin. Yeah, yeah. It was well, I, to, I, I remember. The best, and we had great team sessions and everything, but I found that the way that I used to get sharp come the summer was the 15 minutes before training and the 15 minutes after training, where you'd have your goalie in, you might have a defender, but you probably don't. They're going to... Oh, no, you don't. You don't want them either. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want them interfering. (laughs) And you have the ball coming in constantly, catching, turning, finishing. And you could get you could get fifty reps in there before and after training. So important to sharpen up. And if you're doing it without a keeper on your own, oh, I you need a Jim. keeper. Tommy. You have to kick it into an empty net. Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Put a big bin in the middle of the goal. <laughs> I just, I just, I just heard his goal today from Aoling. It's a new factor. It's a new factor. Killian O'Connor dropped his shot over the bar in an empty net. Didn't. Uh, who, who scored one from long range from Kerry? Was it Gavin White? Chalmers uh, goal Rudin. last year. The semi-final oh, yeah, goal true. last year. What a finish that was. I'm telling you, there's a lot of uh, lot of benefit in practicing to an empty net. That's what I'm saying. Um, I question that, but Kerry... Yeah, you, you absolutely can. That's absolutely fair. Uh, next week, lads, on the pod, we will be picking out a couple of different games and we'll be previewing them in depth. It's an off week. The Hurling is getting their take. I'm not sure if you heard the bit of beef with the Hurling pod over the last couple of weeks. I've kind of tried to stay out of it. Um, James Skell. Uh, spoke about being in a pub in Tipperary once and a, an old fella went over the counter and said, there's only four skills in football. Hoof it, catch it, pass it, kick it. I'm not sure exactly what the four skills were, <laughs> but they're, they were questioning basically the validity and they were saying, why does the football pod get so much love and Hurling should get more love? Uh, we do a shout out for the lads. We'll be trying to get them a few listens. <laughs> we'll do an old tweet for them, will we? <laughs> yeah, we'll do something this week. Get out of a skill. Don't be me. We're not, falling, we're not falling into that trap. Um, next week, I think we'll have a look at Loud because they are taking on Cork. We're we not touching on Mayo this oh, week, lads. Watch them today. A lot of Hello. tweets this week. They weren't happy with your uh, dismissiveness in February of Mayo. They're no Harlem Globetrotters. Dismissiveness. Everyone's getting very sensitive these people days. Are, are they, people are touchy, yeah. Jesus Christ. We're watching a game. Just call it like it is. They were good today. And they mixed it up. Killing O'Connor. Classic outside of the right. James Carr, very mercurial again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, geez, if you were his coach, you'd tear your hair out. Three great scores, but a couple he's, of dodgy ones as well. No. You need a bit of that, though. You need a fella like that. No, they're good to watch, to be fair to them. Yeah. I like Jack Kearney. He really impressed me against Tyrone the other night. He was very good today. In a, He's not a scorer. Mm. I know he got the goal, but uh, 
was very effective from centre forward. I know we, we, we spoke about it, Jimmy. They're looking at Jordan Flynn didn't get any scores today. And Fionn McDonough was the other wing. You're still looking for that score and threat from the half forward line, but Tommy Conroy was sharp today, boys. Do you know, and Dusty so yeah. direct. And that, that's what so now, between Conroy and James Carr, like they are direct. They're a handful. They mightn't be eight out of ten shooters all the time, but those two guys in there, like Mayo brought in Aidan O'Shea and Ryan O'Donoghue, who they absolutely had an eye on. Obviously, the Connacht Championship game against Ross Cameron in a month's time, but they're building up a nice bit of depth. Mayo, I was impressed with them today. The Rossies, like I say, I know they got off to a good start in the league, but I thought they struggled today big time against Mayo. The goals kind of kept them in it, which was, like I say, they were very good finishes from Connor Cox and Emma Smith, but... To be fair though, both teams, like, they named their 15s. Mayo made six changes, was common made five. There was yeah. an element of shadow boxing on both sides, I'd imagine. You got the sense of that, yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah. And like, where is common are at? If they stay up, I'd say they'll be happy enough. In terms of Mayo, it was interesting. When Tommy Conroy was announcing the 26 against Throne last week, you had a feeling he'd be coming in, whether it was a couple of minutes to go. Regardless, they knew they'd get a kick from the crowd. Loudest mm-hmm. cheer of the day. Kept a close eye on him. And like... It looked like, you know, I, I, I've i never come back from a big injury, so I don't know what you were like, but it looked like he wasn't sure of himself. You could tell that yeah. he needed another day out. It was probably quite early The first on. ball he gets today, after about 10 seconds, he turns inside and clips it over the bar. So I said, yeah. he did. He looked like that last week, all right, where he, he just stopped. He had to do a stop and a turn at one stage and he did it about three extra steps just to make sure it was all right. <laughs> that, that's but, like it was a big injury coming back. Just the process, yeah. We've said it with McShane and Toronto. He's, he's probably still searching for he hasn't really got back he wasn't in the squad today as well so hopefully it's not uh, too much of an injury there but it can take time for guys to get back to the level and that's why for Conroy today that's what was impressive about him he seemed yeah. to have all that sharpness back like so you're only going to get better um, but it can be hard it can be hard to get that really that confidence absolutely yeah. I think it takes I think it takes a couple of months as a corner forward to get sharp sharp mm. yeah you know, I, 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 I think by, by the end of the championship he'll probably be coming around but I, I, if, if I was him I'd be kind of taking my time with it making sure I don't set my standards too high early and be getting kind of downhearted just make sure that every step on the ladder is right and come this summer he'll be ready to go then There's a lot of games to come and yeah. uh, you know we spoke last week about being a, it being a little bit too early to judge teams but in this new calendar lads February is like April because the championship is coming around the corner thick and fast. It's only four or five weeks now until the, the first round of games. James, is going to save this question to next week, but I'm going to ask you it now um, because he's actually had an injury, Stefano Cumber. Um, it looks like a, a hamstring injury. Looked like a hammer today, yeah. Was he putting himself into contention? Because Kerry, so. Kerry are looking for a couple of players in that area. To start, Jimmy, do you think? Championship? Well, you don't know what's going to happen come the summer. Like Kerry are yeah. caught in midfield. He played midfield. Um... Kerry didn't play Barry O'Sullivan. I'm not I sure what. Picked up a knock, apparently. I heard he picked up a knock mm. as well. Yeah. Like you've lost David Moore and Dermot O'Connor has an ankle injury. So the, there is a space in midfield. They're trying to find somewhere there. And Stefan is, he's all action. He's yeah, all action. He's green. Yeah. He he probably needs, he needs a couple of games, but there's definitely something there in him. Do you know, he drives at the tackle. He brings pace. He's aggressive. He's quick. He's good in the air. I, I don't know how bad that hamstring is, but I hope it's not too bad because I think he will he will see more. If he's okay, he'll see more league time. Um, I think Jimmy's he's, going he's for it. The rankings. He's going for it with Kilpatrick, isn't he? And they're going flat out for a ball. Like that's, yeah. 
luckily he pulled up straight away or looking that's a couple yeah. of weeks you would take but he was involved he was involved in every play for about 15 plays in a row before that <laughs> he was all action every in the camera game he's he like he reminds me of Michael Darren McCauley right? it's just the ball, he's yeah. just running around like what is going on here like, that's exactly what it was yeah he was stuck yeah. in everything but yeah. sometimes you need those fellas even as we said with, with Derry to lift the intensity or to get yeah. you going he, he seems like a fella who could, who could offer that I think I think he's put himself in the mix you know, um, we used to always the funny thing from, from our team and Pat Gilroy actually said this for the first time like Macaulay was like raw like mm. when he went Pat used to just go with him like no one knew what he was going to do <laughs> most certainly probably didn't know what he was going to do himself either but Pat was just like just go with him and it just brings nearly like the old flying what's it called the flying V and the mighty ducks <laughs> everyone yeah. just goes forward and it just causes chaos and you can just see if a player goes, Roger is a bit more controlled last night, but it just brings pace to an attack. And if there's one thing team do not like defending against, it's runners coming from deep. And Ocumber, if you surround them with the quality players that Kerry have, he could breed that chaos and then flick yeah. it out to Sean O'Shea or something like that as well. So I, I agree, he could be very useful. Uh, so hopefully that... Uh, it's not too bad for, but it looks. It's, it's a couple yeah. of weeks. I'd say you need you need to find your role like. in that team as well. Do you know, like it's hard to just go in and say you don't really know what your role is in the team the first couple of days out. You don't yeah. know what anyone the needs from you today, or yeah. what you want to offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wearing five, but mm. he was. You know what? Like, if they come up against Derry this year, to stop the likes of a McKinnis or a Rogers, be a brilliant you know, stopper. Yeah, they've obviously had Jack yeah. Barry to go up against Brian Fenton over the years. And, you know, he's done relatively well in that regard. They've had a like for like there, but I'm not sure they have that when it come up against the Derry team, if they do. So, interesting, lads. And we'll come back to that. He got, um, he got Munster under 20 player of the year. You know, so he has he, he has had successful stints in Kerry jersey. Like he's he's yeah. definitely been one to look out for for a long time. Yeah. So his physique and everything is increasing serious shape. He's, if he's tackling you, he's leaving damage. Oh. So, yeah, the right. reason he's the reason I retired. People. <laughs> Next Monday evening on the pod, lads, we're going to have a look at a couple of games, um, a couple of the big games that matter across all four divisions. I think we'll also pick out some of the players who have impressed us most over the first five weeks of the league. I saw him up close today in Ennis. Chris Oak Jones looks like a big option for Cork. He kicked three points. He could have had three three. Um, was blocked down. Um, he intercepted a back pass similar to the loud goal against Mead that we saw last week. A little bit closer to the goal. The keeper got back and made a save and he won the penalty that Brian Hurley missed by taking a shot that was blocked with a foot block. Very easily could have had three three times. You're, you're saying he's great and you just have to tell himself to get blocked down three times. Like. A save blocked foot block. Which, you know, <laughs> Just lively, he looked lively. This is like you were talking about last week saying, Are we 30 shots? But a conversion, <laughs> <laughs> they were Donegal. absolutely brilliant. They're talking about shots, Donegal. <laughs> I didn't say that today. <laughs> I'm looking for a fellow who kicks the scores, Tommy. You don't have to get blocked. Okay, we'll see if we'll see if he makes the, makes the cut next week. Rory Dean also was back for Cork, and Rory Dean has been around the block. Jesus, Rory Dean, right? There was an incident in the first half under the stand and uh, if anyone else was there please let me know if I'm wrong I kind of caught it out of the corner of my eye and I was told it happened whatever sort of a foul happened I don't know whether it was an arm or whatever the Clare fans wanted a red card Dean got booked and the Clare fans are obviously making a bit of noise what does Roy Dean do turn around and blows a kiss towards the crowd Ooh. next next ball he gets won't like sell, that sells a step inside throws the left peg at it it goes about 100 yards in the air and drops back down 
uh, short. But in happens. fairness to him, in fairness to him, he kicked. Um, what did he kick in the second half? A lot of people are giving out about the refs these days. But he kicked Fair the point and made it. It was a massive role in um that kind of Cork game running from deep and causing a bit of chaos. So Rory Dean had a big impact. So Cork and Loud next week is definitely going to be a game we're looking at. Yeah. Dublin Mead, another big game. A couple of big games in Division One. And is that on Saturday or Sunday? That Dublin Mead game. Saturday night, lads. There's a big split. Kerry was coming a Saturday night. Um, Dublin Mead is Saturday night. Armagh Galway is Saturday night. Um, Saturday afternoon. Kerry Ross coming Saturday in Tralee. Yeah, there's actually less games Sunday than there is Saturday. Shout out to the, uh, the rugby lads who'll be playing England as yeah, well. Exactly. There's a lot going on there. Friday's weekend as well. Jesus. You have to try and fit a few pints in somewhere as well, lads. We're playing County weekend. League on Sunday. Oh, God. That's most important. Oh, we have our first set of results at Achim, you First round. We have our first round as well on the Sunday. I forgot about that. Okay. We'll have to, oh, record. Should have, we'll have to record that Monday. We'll have to record that Monday. James O'Donoghue, Paddy Andrews. I don't know if I get this edited out tonight on Sunday. It's been a tough night. Um, but pleasure talking to you as always. Can't you still have the reaction to this Liverpool match now. You still have Ten Hag on pause there, do you? We will catch you. Carragher's yeah. face is looking at me here on pause. <laughs> we'll catch up next week. Thanks, Paddy. Thanks, James. All right, lads. Cheers, boys.